Hello and welcome to ProductWise podcast. This is your host, Alexandra Marshakova, and my special guest today is Shruti Goli. Shruti is a co-founder and CPO in Trimatter, a product analytics company previously known as TryMyUI. Shruti started working in Microsoft as a product manager. She further went on to bootstrap a product analytics company, Stitchology.ai, and was 24 years old when she sold it last year in May 2022. Today, we're going to talk about building a product as a side job to your already high demanding job, and further selling the product to achieve a larger audiences to a larger product group, and then merging the two product propositions to further expand on the consumer needs and achieve a greater potential there. I'm Trudy. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here um, today and talk, talk with you more. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So the, the, the first time we spoke, you've shared that, um, you know, how you've got exactly into the product management. Could you expand a little bit more on the roots of your career as we tend to know it now? Yeah, why don't I rewind back to 18-year-old Shruti, who landed up, um, I'm born and raised in California, but I landed up in Illinois studying computer science at um, the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And I don't know if you've seen this meme where they're like, boys make you cry, but computer science makes you cry more. Um, that was a little bit my experience. Like it's a very difficult four years. I learned a lot um, and I worked very hard, but I also realized like after going through software engineering internships, this isn't really my sweet spot. So I was doing CS and then on the side, I was also part of a consulting organization called Illinois Business Consulting. So I got to work with real world clients and understand their problems. And I was on the more technical side of of solving it as well. And that's when I learned, okay, you don't love to like code, but you still love the technical side of things and you love problem solving and you love creativity. Like that's, those were my takeaways. And then I also love talking to people to figure out what's their problem and how can I help them? Um, and I don't know if it's like fate or what, what happened, but at the same time, that's when the product management more program, like the program of it for fan companies, they started becoming extremely developed. They started having a name towards them. So my sophomore year of college or yeah, that's when I discovered the product management role. And I was like, oh my God, wait, you can work with engineers. You can work with UIX designers. You can work with people. You can talk to them and you can still problem solve and you're still in the nitty gritty and you get to make really smart decisions that drive growth and revenue for, for customers, right? So um, I was lucky enough to have an internship at Microsoft as a product manager, and then I returned there full-time as well. And so that's really like the start of my career. And, and Microsoft has one of the top programs for PM. They, they're known to teach you for the skill sets of how to think, how do you under, if someone's just talking about their pain point, right? How does that translate into a feature, like an engineering developed feature or technical feature that again, they can use and they can take advantage of. Um, and that's the skill set I gained from there. So I got the technical skill set from undergrad and I'm, I'm able to work with engineers. I'm able to code if I need to, preferably not. But um, now I went on to the other side with Microsoft as well. And then, yeah, that's my early in career. I can keep going on about my post Microsoft journey as well, but I'll stop there for now. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll get into into the post Microsoft journey um, in just a bit. Um, but I do recall as well that um, you've shared that over the course of sort of getting into the Microsoft and getting your job there, um, you've uh, you know you've gone through so many rejections, and I find <laughs> it quite inevitable that early in your career you will get to those, and it's almost like a you know a survival skill in a way to to get okay to be okay with those rejections to be alright with you know a temporary failure and to just keep on and you know like a dory keep on swimming in a way um yeah. so i know that that also had translated into you supporting the the new applicants right now into yeah. <laughs> kind of getting and training them into getting to those roles could you expand on that i think that that part of of your current you know of your current life is also quite fascinating yeah, yeah. But to answer your question, Alex, I, I'll start way back when I was in college. So when I was a sophomore, I was, again, like doing software engineering. And I realized then that that wasn't really for me. And I just discovered the PM internship, right? So I started a mass applying. Like I was like, let me apply. I'm a part of a consulting club. Let me apply for consulting internships. Let me apply for um, software engineering internships. Let me apply for product internships. And over the course of maybe it was a mix of the drive of the friend group that I was in and even the fact that they were getting, you know, these really cool internships. Um, that's maybe potentially what might have driven me a little bit, but that's okay. Um, that's and and I actually applied to 40 different jobs and I got rejected. So that means like getting to the final round, getting halfway, like it's not just like 40 necessarily interviews that I got, it's 40 job application processes that I was going through all while managing school, right? And I think, and that was a really big drive of like, okay, I really need to figure this out because how you interview for a job is slightly different than how you do the actual job, right? There's a specific way of talking. There's a specific way of showing that you're thinking about problems to your interviewer because you're trying to prove to them, hey, I have the skill set. And so that takes a very special practice and skill set, honestly, that, um, I, and I literally, after I went through that experience and I got the job at Microsoft, I went and posted a Medium article. I was like, let me get my friends together. Let's just put all the tips and tricks of what does it mean to interview for these types of jobs and what do you look for? Because so many people who were interested in PM after that kept coming to me. And I was like, okay, there's a serious gap here. Like people need help. Um, and so fast forward to my post, um, like post-college career when I was at Microsoft, I came across this company called Interview Kickstart, um, and they help people who are interested in getting FANG jobs as a PM, as a software um, engineer, and, and these technical roles. They help train them through the interview process. And I was like, okay, this is my time to shine. I have all this knowledge that I want to share. So I, I actually sat down with them and I helped them develop their curriculum extremely closely um, with other FAM PMs. And then I, I also, I still teach the class. I just taught a class last week, actually, again. And um, just like, yeah, I, I love doing it. Like, I love the questions people ask. I feel like I'm still practicing how to interview now too, just by going through that process with them and then also sharing my insights. So my takeaway for this is really, like, especially in this type of market, Rejection is going to happen. You have to figure out a way to separate that from who you are as a person, right? Just because somebody rejected you, some job application like said you got rejected, that doesn't mean that you don't have the skill set. That doesn't mean that you don't know um, what you're doing. You know, can you reflect and think about why or how you can improve? Yes, totally. But like, I don't think you should ever doubt yourself if 
you're like, I want to become a product manager. You can become a product manager. It doesn't matter if you're not a coder. It doesn't matter if, you know, whatever background you're coming from. Um, it's important to really just be persistent. I think that's, that's my takeaway from my experience. Yeah, and that's a brilliant skill to to have and to kind of not let that, you know, impact you and, and you know, your perception of who you are, especially when you're in the start of your career, you're a little bit more, let's say, vulnerable to kind of negative feedback and you can try to sometimes modify your operations or um, even mode of, mode of thought, right, a little bit too much, and especially in a current situation where we have, so many layoffs from, you know, larger companies, companies canceling um, the internships, right? It, it could really hit you pretty hard. So hopefully for all of the interns that are, you know, getting to that stage, they will, they will hear your tips on how best to prepare for the conversations in the future and will be a lot more encouraged to, to go forward and to pursue the career that they want yeah, to pursue. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for you summarized my, my statements well. So thank you for that. Super. Um, and so, you know, going back to your career and your kind of trajectory, I think we're entering a superbly interesting state of, you know, you developing the, the product outside of Microsoft, right? Spotting that initial, um, problem, which I think is a pretty unique story and a unique development, especially considering the short time period in which you've you've done all of that. Um, so could you double click on you know how the idea had you know had come into your mind? Um, what was what was it like um, developing something uh, in parallel to your um, high role in in Microsoft? What was the yeah, journey of there? Of course, um, I think this is a very fun part of my journey to share. Um, there's a lot of learnings that I went through. So what what really happened is, I mean, growing up, like even us as little as being like five years old, like I feel like I've always had a bit of a like leader type persona. Like I wanted to do something of my own. I wanted to have my own business. I didn't know what, when, or how. I didn't know any of that. I just know this much information. And so when I got my degree in computer science, I was like, okay, now I have this technical knowledge, right? Um, then as a PM, I'm like, okay, now I know how to talk to people and understand their pain and turn it into a technical um, feature. And so, and really get money off of it, right? Like something Microsoft, like you talk about, or you think about is how much money did you drive or how much revenue did you drive from your feature work as a PM? Um, so bearing all that in mind, when COVID hit, and I'm a super big extrovert. So after work, you'll see me socializing. Um, usually, like you'll always see me on like the phone talking to people. I just I get a lot of energy through that. Um, and when COVID hit, I was like, oh no, like where you're stuck inside, I can't socialize with anyone. <laughs> and, and that really, you know, gave me all this free time where I was like, okay, what what do I do with all this time? Like I I am working and I'm doing my work well, but like what do I do after? And one of my closest friends, we took every class together in college. His name is Karthik. Um, he's one of my best friends. We're like butt buddies, like brother, sister. Um, and he was working at Facebook on the, on the WhatsApp team. Um, and I was working on enterprise analytics here at Microsoft. And so we both got together and every day, like before and after work, like all we would be doing is iterating um, on different ideas, working with different customer personas uh, and we, and I had a good friend who, who he never did an internship and he always had his own company. And he was like, Shruti, 
just start with any problem that you have in your life. And it, what the solution that you end up with won't be with what you started with, but just go give it a go. And I was like, okay, what, what problems do I have in my life right now? Um, and the biggest one that I had, the one that I was feeling most passionate about was um, Indian clothing. Like I love, I love fashion. I love dressing up in Indian clothes and wearing it. And in India, you can actually go into a store and custom design an outfit. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I want to bring this technology to America. I want to bring this process to the U.S. And so I actually iterated for six months and I built this tool where you could custom design your entire Indian outfit. You can work with designers in India and get it delivered to your doorstep. Um, and the problem was as soon as we released it, it was COVID. No events were happening. No one, like as much as everyone loved the tool, it wasn't the right time, right? And so that made me take a step back and I was like, okay, this is like not for me. Um, and also the idea of managing physical products is not my skill set. Like I, I'm a B2B enterprise expert. That's, that's my expertise. Like how can I, how can I do what I do best, which is gearing towards that technology, right? And at the same time at Microsoft, I started developing all these frustrations as a PM. Um, and the reason why is I, I gained a lot of knowledge. I love the people I work with, but the culture is like very much so hippo centric where Hippo means uh, like highest importance paid person's opinion. Uh, and typically I was listening to what my boss's boss's boss wanted us to build rather than the insights and the research and the data-driven decisions that I wanted to make. Um, and so I was gaining a little frustration over there as well. And then in parallel also working on this, right? And so I was like, okay, I'm a data-driven person. People need data to drive their businesses. And so Karthik and I, we iterated for almost like one, one and a half years. Um, and we failed five times. And eventually we actually, I'll, I'll skip all the iteration. I mean, I can go through them if you'd like, but really like the ultimate tool that we ended up on <laughs> is a product analytics solution through each of these. Again, I'm going to repeat this persistence is key. Like if you fail, that's not a reflection on you. It just means that you're one step closer to finding like you're hitting the nail, right? And so we landed on this product analytics solution that really sped up the time for product managers, UI UX designers to um, extract insights because there's there's hundreds of tools out there already today in this space. This isn't a very unsaturated space, but there's a lot of gaps with existing tools. And as a PM, I sat and used every single one of them. I sat and like got frustrated with every single one of them. Um, yeah, so last May, we actually had the opportunity to sell our company and that was a very unique experience at such a young age as well. And yeah, fast forward one year later, we've now merged both the tools. Uh, we're one solution called Trimata. And um, I have three co-founders now instead of one, but we have four co-founders total. And it's been a really unique experience to say the least. I can keep talking, Alex, if you don't stop me. So <laughs> yeah, it's really, and <laughs> no. So it's 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 perfectly all right. Um, I I love the enthusiasm that you get from kind of testing and failing, and then testing again, and and getting to that single source of truth, which is the the ultimately the solution that that is working and um have been quite successful. I mean, judging from the mergers and the acquisitions that you've that you've even gone through. Um, so the could you, you, you've offered to share a little bit on, you know, the original kind of solutions yeah. that you've developed. Um, and I think that's really fascinating because 
um, sometimes the ultimate persona that we end up serving is not really the persona with which yes. we started. So, um, and that shift is, is what, what sometimes is, is quite important and it's difficult to, um, to adjust yeah. in your mind. So how have you dealt with that kind of a change? What was the original persona uh, that you wanted to serve and yeah. how did you arrive back to, um, uh, to the product and engineering teams needing the analytics yeah. solution? So a mix of subconscious through the experiences I was having at Microsoft, right? So that, that think about that subconscious while I tell you the rest of this story is what I would say. And then um, a mix of me going through my iterations. So I told you about the failed technology for creating Indian um, clothing, right? So that meant that I was working with Indian designers um, in, in India, right? Fashion designers in India. So I started spending more time with them. And then I realized they're so technologically behind and they need all, like, they need all the tech in the world to help accelerate their business. And I was like, okay, that's my sweet spot. Like, I'm not like, I'm not the best fashion designer on the planet. Like I like fashion, but like tech is like really my, my sweet spot. And so I started working with them to understand their problems and launch something out. And again, failure. And I had a hard time understanding why I failed and Bear in mind, as I'm going through these iterations, I'm doing a lot of networking. I'm trying to do outreach to as many mentors as I can in this space and startup space, people who can give me feedback. And I got in touch with um, actually like a mentor who gave me like literally 30 minutes of his time. And he's like, I'm busy, but he's born and raised in India. He immigrated to the US and created a billion dollar company here. And what he told me was, he's like, look, Shruti, like I grew up in India and I can't create technology and serve people in India because now I live here. Like I understand the market here. You haven't even been to India in 15 years. Why are you trying to serve that persona? And I was like, good call out. Like I can't even go to India. It's COVID. I can't even take a plane to India to understand what's going on over there. Um, and so that's when Karthik and I took a step back and we were like, okay, if we can't understand designers in India, can we actually like, do the problems exist for fashion designers and e-commerce brand owners in the US? And so what we did, and bear in mind, it's also hard to get a hold of people's times. Like if, if they're not paying for your product, like no one's gonna give you their feedback for free. So we got really hacky. We were, we were like, how can we get create, as creative as possible? We set up a marketplace um, called Shop Sustainably, and we onboarded a bunch of sustainable fashion brands. And we told these brands, hey, we're gonna run ads for you for free in exchange for your user feedback. You can keep, like we won't take a cut off, like most marketplaces take a cut. We won't take a cut. We'll give you the entire sale. All we want is your time. And what we realized, and bear in mind, Karthik's also working at Facebook right now. So like he has some amount of Facebook ads that he can use. So we're just using these. We're just trying to be as hacky as possible. Um, and, it, and it was amazing because what we learned was that these brand owners actually didn't care at all about the sale that was made. They didn't care about making money. They actually cared about all the analytical experiments and insights that we were running behind the scenes and getting on the phone with them each week. And they're like, oh, this is how I can improve my business. Like, oh, people aren't, um, for example, adding to the cart because they don't see product reviews. Let me enable that on my personal website. Oh, people are moving their mouse on the image one, but not image two, three, four. Maybe I can replace those images and see if that increases add to cart. Maybe my add to cart button isn't working. Like whatever insight it was that we were able to find, it was, it was really powerful. That's when I hit the nail and I was like, okay, this is, we're, we're getting closer. And there are gaps because 
I went and tried every product analytics solution out there for, for this experiment. There are gaps. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we share that. Also some criticism. Crit <laughs> yeah, we did behind the scenes criticism. So we don't need to expose all that or we can too, but but like what I learned was like there's a lot of gaps out there, right? And that's really what led me to the product analytics um tool ultimately. So I A, I was serving e-commerce brand owners, B, I'm a PM, so I also knew a bunch of P PMs in the tech industry. And so I had them on the phone with me, um, UI UX designers who I work like I was working again, like anyone in this space, I know engineers, I know designers, UI, UX, like these are common personas, like people who know each other. Um, and so I was able to get a lot of good feedback. And I think the moment I, like, I got, I remember getting phone calls so vividly and I felt like so like cool and so powerful in that sense where my, one of my customers, she's like, Shreepi, I wake up every morning. And the first thing I do after I brush my teeth is log into your tool. And I was like, oh my God. Like that came out of me and Karthik, right? Like that's so much more powerful than working. In that's a screensaver. That's a yeah, screensaver. Yeah, right? Like you, I'm like, I'm able to make your life better right now. And that's such a powerful feeling um, as someone who's a creator or, you know, like trying to make technology. So that's, that's my story. And then, and then we move on to <laughs> getting acquired and, and merging both of our tools. And the company that acquired us is, a, oh, sorry, what? go ahead. No, no, please, please go ahead. I was just about to get into, into the acquisition journey because it's, it's again, something not everybody, not every product and not every co-founder goes through. Right. Um, some tools fail, some tools, uh, you know, go to the public market and you don't always stay there as a founder or co-founder. So as a part of the original crew. So uh, you were you were, I believe, just getting into that as well. How how did the acquisition yeah. come along? Um, who approached whom? What what's the synergy that you're seeing and maybe top three learnings from your side in terms of uh, making sure that the merger or acquisition is actually successful? What are the things yeah, to look yeah. at? So uh, all good, good questions. Um, so first of all, again, something I mentioned earlier, which I hope everyone walks away with is like creating a massive network of mentors and people who can advise you through this process. Like it is not a one person job. Like you need, you need a good co-founder in my opinion. Karthik's amazing. And then you also need a good set of people who, who've been through the ringer, who've done their own set of failures, who can help you from their experiences. Um, that's going to save you the most amount of time. So through this process of building like a, a set of network or, or a set of like mentors who could help me, I got introduced uh, to the CEO of Try My UI. And they're one of the biggest usability testing solutions in the market. And um, I was very lucky to be introduced to him and we were just brainstorming back, back and forth, the CEO, uh, founder Rit, um, and we were just talking about how similar, like how, what are we trying to solve, right? We're trying to make product managers and UI UX managers lives easier, right? He has a usability testing solution where UI UX designers can uncover qualitative insights about how are people thinking and feeling. Like when they're on this add to cart button on their website, like what are they experiencing? Are they frustrated? Um, do they want something to be improved? Can they read something easily? Can they not? And you have these video recordings of users just talking um, and you can like transcribe them you can take notes. You can make good product decisions off of the feedback that you're hearing. And then on the other hand, you have the product analytics tool that Karthik and I are building. And 
there you can get those quantitative insights, right? How many times are you seeing users rage click on this button? Okay, I'm seeing massive rage clicks or massive frustration. Is the button even working? And, and that's how you can make that quick assessment. And then you can hear from those users about, like, really, we saw a lot of synergy between, between the two products. Um, and so while that conversation was happening, mentally, also, I was like, okay, do I want, like, I, I don't have a, a baby. Like, I would, I would love to have a child at some point and be a mother at some point. But this is the closest thing to a baby that I could probably, like, have right now in my stage of life. And so for me, I was like, this is my baby. Like, should I go and, like, raise money and, and you know, grow this even more because we had been bootstrapping this? Or is there some point of synergy with the usability testing solution, Try My UI? Um, and that's the mental, like, uh, back and forth that I was going through. Um, and then the other back and forth is, do I like, do I like their vision? A, do I get to keep working on what I like? Is it a merged vision? Is it a separated vision? Um, I didn't want to be just acquired and then start working on their vision, right? I still, I knew I hit a nail um, and I wanted to keep solving that problem further. And then can I grow this by myself larger or is it, is it a better picture when these tools are managed and does it serve a better, like, like, persona almost like, does it serve your entire team, your product team, your marketing team, your UI UX team? Like really it's a unified tool, right? In this, in this back and forth vision that we were having. Um, and it's amazing that fast forward one year later, like we have this merged vision. We have customers using both of our tools. Like they see the marriage of the tools. They see the beauty of a, why, why we did what we did. And um, yeah, the, I, I hope I clarified also like what are factors to kind of look for if anyone is going through this process, like, what's important to consider. Um, those two co-founders on that side, Britt and Tim, they have been amazing to work with. Like that was also another fear. I was like, will I even like them? Like Karthik and I took so much, you know, time building our relationship. Like, how is that going to work? And so I, for me, relationships are most important. Like that, it, I get to choose who I get to work with, which is a privilege. And I want to make sure I'm working with a really cool team. And, and they're an absolute powerhouse team. I think the four of us together, are even more of a powerhouse. So... Brilliant. So what is next for Trimata and for, for you and generally for, for the tool? How is your longer term vision, the original one, of course, is further expanding and coming yeah, to life? Yeah. So kind of this, like really the picture that we paint with our tools is one, you use the product analytics tools and you can identify frustrations extremely quickly. Your time to insight is unlike any other tool. And once you're discovering, okay, these are the problem areas on my website, on my digital experience, you can go and run curated usability tests. So for example, Alex, if you're the CEO of Gymshark, for example, you can understand where your users are most frustrated. Then you can say, okay, Gymshark serves females from the ages of 20 to 40, for example. I wanna hear from those users in the UK specifically and how they're interacting with the website. And that's where the usability testing solution comes to play. We'll help you recruit your testers as fast as possible. Like I think we'll fulfill your test within a day, less than 24 hours if we can, and you'll hear directly from them. And so your UI UX team can make those product decisions, your, your product team, essentially, you can make those changes of how should I change the feature? How should I change this button? And then how fast can we implement it? Um, and so over time, you're collecting all this data on your users. How are they thinking? How are they feeling? And so we've actually recently also integrated um, an AI research repository tool, which it's, it's super exciting. So yeah, so 
another issue that like I discovered, even just being at Microsoft, um, is that oftentimes we went through reorgs and this is common in pretty much any tech company, but like, or any company, whether you're Gymshark, whether you're an e-commerce brand, people come and go, right? But what happens to the knowledge um, during that course of time? And so you have all of this knowledge on your users and where do you store that? How do you make analyses of your users who were shopping three years ago versus who are shopping today, for example? And how does that change over time? So that's the power of that research repository tool. Um, you can do AI, all sorts of AI analyses to detect trends of negative feedback, positive feedback. How are your users growing over time? And really it's, yeah, your knowledge hub, um, your internal knowledge hub to store all your points of data. So that's really the direction we're going. Uh, of course, AI is a hot topic and we're working every day to integrate that into our solutions as much as we can. We want to, again, I wake up every day to optimize the day-to-day -day lives of these roles, right? Like that is where I get my passion from. And I, if I can do anything I can to continue streamlining that, I will, you know? Brilliant. Well, um, what, you know, you've, you've, you've sort of, had such a packed career over the short period of time with, you know, bootstrapping your adventure, um, now merger with, with a different um, company, now further expanding the tool, which is brilliant, of course. Um, if you were to kind of go back to the start, you know, before your first Microsoft internship, um, what would you recommend to yourself being, you know, talking to yourself pre-Microsoft uh, yeah. time? Um, that's a really, I like that question. I think for one, um, through all of this, because I've done this in such a short period of time, I've actually learned a lot about myself as a person, right? So like some people say that they want to be, I've always said I've wanted to be a founder, but what whether in practice or not I wanted to, something that I maybe should have thought about is why do I want to be a founder? Not because the name is sexy and cool, it's, it's honestly like, sure, maybe it is, but not every day is sexy and cool. Like you're going through the ringer. So you really have to build that mental stamina. Um, and so if, if anyone is thinking about that, keep that in mind and be open to failing, right? Like I had to go through it. I had a support system of people saying it's okay. It's okay. And that's what brought me here as well. So find a good support system would be another takeaway for me. Um, and then the other thing is like identifying you know, what are you passionate about? So even another thing that I, I'm, I've always been passionate about is Bollywood dance. So I actually started teaching like workshops in San Francisco and like that fulfills me, like curating a really cool experience where I can share my passion, for example. So whatever it is that you're passionate about, ultimately that's what's going to drive you. Um, and so if I think back to that, that time, like being able to understand that about myself intrinsically first, that will drive all your decisions for the rest of your life. And like, that will speed up anything, right? Like that's, I think knowing myself helped me go through this journey at a fast rate. And so that, that would be my takeaway almost. And I can give you more tactical tips to like, you know, how can you best prepare yourself? Like obviously like have a standout resume if you're applying to jobs and all these things. But mm -hmm. I think actually the more intrinsic advice is beneficial from this call. Yeah. I, I do like your expression of building the mental stamina and just, just reflecting on the founders that I've worked with. Um, being a founder is a very lonely journey. Nobody had ever been in your shoes exactly, right? And whereas you can 
uh, trade, you know, the the learnings and share your thoughts with other founders. Um, being in the kind of unique situation in your unique venture, solving those, you know, very individual, very unique um, problems for the users is is so specific to what you what you do. Um, it's both consuming, exhausting, mentally challenging, very stressful, and also many other things. So I I think it's it's also beautiful to uh, beautiful learning to make sure that you have something outside of of that role of a founder where you can go ahead and fulfill all of your other potentials in the world outside of just yeah. your founder job, right, or your founder title. So that's that's a beautiful thing that you've already spotted and you know you're going forward with something else in addition to uh to your all i appreciate that not everybody will have so so much of an energy but um hopefully people will draw inspiration from from your story and from your kind of mixture of all of the different things that you're doing um and will activate some of their additional senses um to help themselves yeah, i hope forward. so i hope i i've touched someone in some type of way and encouraged someone to do something like I'm the number one support. If someone says, hey, I want to start something, I'm like, please DM me. Like, let's talk about it. I want to hop on the phone, especially if you're a female founder. Like, I want to be your number one supporter for that too. So please do do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Beautiful. That's that's a great advice. And I'm sure people will take you on that uh, as well when they when they hear you, you know, your openness to a further conversation. So um, yeah, Shruti, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for, for coming and sharing your experience and your amazing journey. Um, so, uh, yeah, looking forward to staying in contact with you and hopefully speaking yeah. again. Thank soon. you so much for having me, Alex. I had a really fun time. Thanks, everyone. Super.